Guys, Sid Rowe here. I know it's been a while, and if you noticed, that must mean you missed me. But I promise this is a podcast worth waiting for. I don't want to give too much away from the get-go, but pay attention to not just the details in the conversation, but the fact that this conversation is happening. If you've paid attention to society in the last year or two, you know what's going on with data privacy. That Mark Zuckerberg had to face the American Inquisition, and that the same thing is happening to Google, had actually did already happen to Google, and is happening to uh, many other companies. And here's the thing that I keep thinking about. The fact that data privacy is such a problem nowadays means that we are giving so much information, so much information to the internet, right? To, to different companies, to different platforms, to different uh, places on the internet. Like it's, it's like being on an episode of Oprah. Like here's data for you and data for you and data for you and data for you. And one day, very soon, that data is gonna become currency. It's going to become the jet fuel, the juice that powers things like artificial intelligence, the technology that makes up this fourth industrial revolution, which is going to smack us in the face if we aren't paying attention. So enjoy this podcast. I, you know, pay attention to the details, but man, just sit back and think about the fact that this conversation is happening right now. Guys, I am super pumped to introduce uh, to you not only someone who I think is doing some really cool things in the independent agent space, but also somebody who I look up to as a role model and mentor in the insurance space as a whole. Carrie Wallace, the Chief Executive Officer of Intel Agents, is here with us today. Carrie, how you doing? I'm doing great, Sid. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. That's super humbling. I appreciate you giving me that way. Thanks, man. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Um, give us, and, and I don't want to give away what intelligence is because honestly, I think I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> so um, I think you're going to do a better job of explaining um, really the, the 30,000 foot view of what you guys are doing for the independent agent uh, channel. Absolutely. So Intel Agents is a newly formed organization. It came out of the Ohio Association. Um, and really, it is all about leveraging data to help independent agents make informed business decisions, grow, and truly compete in the changing insurance marketplace that we have today. You know, we recognize that um, as an association, we've had a, a really long and um, trusted relationships with our agents, and they've shared a fair amount of data with us. So, you know, the organization, Ohio um, Association, merged and, you know, ended up really rethinking what is our value proposition? How are we truly helping our agents compete? 
and uh, we did a strategic planning session with our board. It's interesting. The word data showed up in our summary, in our mission statement from that exercise, more than the word the. And it, it really occurred to us that by, by leveraging data, we can truly help our agents have the insights and make actionable insights inside their agents. So we went to work and we formed, we hired a data analytics team that never is part of an association um, in order to build um, the team that could actually look at the data that we had so we can start moving in the direction to turn that into actionable insights that agents can use in order to help grow their business. So that's really the gist of what Intel Agents is and how it was, how it was born, if you will. Yeah, and I, I just want to give a um, quick foundation for anybody listening who may not be familiar with the association that Carrie's referencing here, um, but the Ohio Association that is, is tied to Intel Agents is part of a national uh, association called uh, the Independent Insurance Agents and Brokers of America, Big I, IAABA, and the Ohio Association is uh, is a is an arm of that. And correct me if I'm wrong here, I think you guys are the only association that's doing this type of data analysis. That is correct. Um, Intel Agents actually was born out of the Ohio Association, but we have, you know, there's there's an association in every state. Sometimes there's multiple associations in every state, uh, depending on whether or not they are merged at the national or at the state level. And we have partnered with six other states um, under Intel Agents to provide these this data analytics insights to agencies. So those are the owners of Intel Agents where we've all collectively come together and said, you know, we all operate the same way. We all gather data from our agents in a trusted relationship. And it just makes sense for us to have one, um, you know, data warehouse where we can leverage this data for independent agents rather than having 50 across the country. So while it was born in Ohio and we are the only data analytics team and, you know, doing this, we are doing it for multiple states. So why, why did the association pivot here? Because I think the association, first of all, has been around for a long time. I mean, almost 100 years. Yeah. Am I right in saying that? Yeah. Like, years. Yeah. 125. Okay. So, <laughs> so older than yeah. both my parents. So, um, you know, it's been around a long time. They've done they've found value in a number of different ways, market access, um, uh, you know, po political help on the Hill, um, uh, uh, education, um, all kinds of different things, right? And you're saying this is a very new program. What, how did this come about? Like, what was the conversation that happened that, that, that caused you guys to say, we need to we need to help agents with uh, leveraging their data. Like it's just such a unique thing and it's clearly very new. I just would love to hear your, like what was your thought process on that? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, honestly, I think it's the, it's the amount of change that's occurring in our industry that drove us to this because um, if you think about it, consumer expectations are changing, carrier expectations are changing, technology in our space, 
I mean, think of the solutions that are flying at our agents every single day to say, you know, in order, in order to do any part of your business, there's about 12 different technologies that you can put into your agency in order to help you do your job. It's, it's overwhelming, if you will, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and we realize that, Agents need a way to navigate that. They need some due north to say, okay, how do I even start? And it, and it made sense that we take the data that we have, create benchmarks and say, hey, the agents, um, this is what your universe looks like. And the agents that are doing these things are growing faster than this set, subset. So it could be a guide. A benchmark is just a guide to say, how do I compare to other agencies and where do I even start? So I think it really was driven out of there's so much change in the marketplace. What can we do to help our agents deal with that change, create a roadmap, and have the insights they need to build the plan to be the agents of the future? I mean, I think it's a for you guys to jump into a space like that, because you see society moving in that direction, right? I mean, this is something that even uh, Facebook struggles with on like a weekly, daily, hourly basis is, you know, how do we leverage data safely, securely, impactfully, uh, you know, better for our community um, and for our product and our business? For you guys to jump into that, it's a fast moving it's just a, it's a, it's a movement, right? And to jump into that and say, we're going to figure this out and we're going to help agents do that. Um, it, to me, it's a very impressive thing to do, um, to just, to just jump in and say, um, you know, we're going to blaze our own trail and, and help agents while we're doing it. It's really cool. Do you have a, you know, like a real world example of, you know, take take the 30,000 foot view down to the ground level here. And how has this impacted an agent that you know that you've helped in Ohio? Sure. Yeah, I, I wanted to address the first thing you said, and then I'll get to the real world. Um, yeah. You know, for why we got in this space, because you're right, it's super outside of um, where an association would typically go. The cool thing is, though, said if you think about it, it, it's perfectly aligned in many ways as well. So in order to share data, someone's got to trust you, right? And our agents have trusted us with all kinds of insights in their, in their agency for over 125 years. Through the normal course of doing business, they've trusted us with that. The other thing is we're so aligned because we're agent-led. So mm-hmm. we're never going to ever do anything with our agents' data that wouldn't help them grow. In the aggregate, you know, we would never share agencies' information with anyone with them. So it was just so um, aligned with who we are. It made perfect sense to be the next natural place to go because you have access to the data. You already have the trust and long-term relationship that's necessary in order to gain more data in order to turn them into insights. And you're already agent-led, so your mission will never vary. So I think because of those core things, it made perfect sense. Um, While it may not have seemed like a natural place for an association to be, it it truly is. Um, And so when we – go ahead. Well, I was going to say, before you jump into the real world example, it's interesting you bring that up. I was just figuring out how Salesforce, which we were talking about before the call, uh, the world's number one CRM 
massive aggregator of data, you know, not quite as much as Facebook or Google or, you know, even Amazon, but just huge. And it's interesting, they don't, so the way they monetize uh, their company is actually through seat licenses, but they'll never monetize the data itself in any way. And I think that business model um, is incredibly appealing because, you know, people, we don't want our personal information monetized, right? We don't want somebody making money off of the fact that, you know, I, they know that I'm XYZ person living in this state, wanting these things. That's where you start to get into some trouble, um, AKA Facebook. And, right. uh, and they're struggling with that right now. And so what's interesting about Salesforce's business model is kind of to your point, right? They, they've figured out how to give people access to the data without monetizing the data itself. And I think that just builds trust. So right. um, we'll never, ever breach that trust. Same, same concept. Yeah. If an agent trusts us with their data, we only give that data back to them and then mm-hmm. use what we have in the aggregate to help them have benchmarks and find their due north. You know, it might look and feel different for every single agency what that is, but now you at least have something to compare to, right? Because, yeah. you know, let's be honest, independent agents have so many choices. They can choose the carriers they want to be affiliated with. They can choose the clientele they want to go after. They can choose how to organize their agency and what what staff and positions to put into place. I mean, they can choose the niches. I mean, it's the technology, the processes, all of it. So how do you know where due north is if you have nothing to say, okay, Am I even close to those that are that are being successful and can I learn something from them in the aggregate? We would never ever share anyone's personal information because that that completely goes against anything you know we would stand for. But yeah, I think it's a perfect business model. So to the real world example, I mean, do you have a a scenario where this has impacted an individual agency's uh, professional life in some way? I do. So, you know, as we, as an association, looked at the data that we already had, one of the compelling, um, we also created consulting services because you can create all the insights in the world, but if you don't know how to implement them or you don't know what to do with them, it's kind of like, that's great to have. Now what? So we looked at our data and um, everyone knows that, you know, independent agent agency owners are aging. We uh, recognized that about 45% of the agents in Ohio um, were at or beyond retirement age, and um, that meant $6.5 billion in premium volume was going to change hands in the, over the next uh, 10 years. So we've created consulting services in order to help those agents deal with that process. And so one of the agencies that I have a consulting engagement with was facing, how do I perpetuate my agency? And it, it started with, let me tell you the fair market value of your agency. They wanted to perpetuate internally. And is it even financially feasible to do that? And it is, but that went through a series of steps where we used the data insights from the RISE report to help them really reorganize their agency to say, okay, as these two agency owners are going to leave over the course of the next five years, what roles do we really have? And how do we set the new owners up for the best success? Where do we 
um, you know, where are the gaps in generational health within the agency? Where should we shore things up? Um, and where should we make some investments in the agency in order to really give them the best runway going forward? So it wasn't just a, here's your valuation, let's put a buy-sell agreement in place and call it a day. It was a whole process where we, we've created a business plan for them to follow and a, a really a roadmap for these new agency owners to, to be set up to, to take this agency into the future. And it, it involves compensation plans. It involves role changes. Um, just really an opportunity to say, let me just take a step back and look at this and see how the areas where we're strong, the areas where we differ, and maybe some approaches that might be different. So, yeah, it's really been helpful to find that due north. So you guys get pretty granular with the information that you're given. I mean, compensation packages and, um, you know, specific roles, this isn't just, I mean, the other interesting thing, too, is you're not just looking at an agency as a as a distribution um, agency. You're, you're looking at it um, as a as a business that happens yeah. to sell insurance. And so how are the pieces of this business working together or not together in the right direction or the wrong direction? And how do we sort of pivot everybody to, to make it all work a little bit more cohesively? Um, it, that's yeah, incredible. Absolutely, yeah. It is all about business planning. So I guess what I tell the agents that I'm working directly with is between a fair market valuation and a RISE report, which is our benchmarking report. Um, and, and the benchmarking report focuses on um, eight main areas, which is product mix, your carrier mix, the generational health, um, compensation and benefits, how, how to recruit new talent. There's, there's several different pieces to it. But between those two things that we do, it's like a, an agency health check where for your fair market valuation, you know what risks are within your agency, which things are bringing your value down. We, uh, we identify some opportunities in order to improve the value of your agency. And then the RISE report really gives you how do I compare to other agencies that are, like, that are, the same, that are similar to my size, that are in my same state, that are fastest growing and in the same um, – premium volume as well. So that's what makes it more relevant. If you're using a national, you know, benchmarking, some of those things become irrelevant, like performance um, standards for your employees, let's say, or even compensation. In, in the state of Ohio, we don't sell workers comp. So any performance metric that you have in a national benchmark becomes completely irrelevant to us because we'll never have the same volume as those agencies that are operating in a state that does. That's one example. Or, you know, compensation on the coast is not the same as Midwest. So really, we want to make this as relevant as possible so agents can take action, not read a report and say, that's great, but I'm going to discount half of it because it just doesn't matter to me. So yes, we get super granular and it's really about business planning using as, as many insights as possible to create a roadmap. So do you have agents push back on you at all and say, okay, but th this sounds amazing, but I'm not like any other agency out there. I'm the row insurance agency and I do things the way the row insurance agency has always done them. And it's different than 
you know, the Smith agency down the street. We're, we might be the same size, but we do things differently, you know? Sure. I mean, how, how do you, are you guys able to go in and still say, yes, you may, you may have the perception of doing things differently. Like how do you handle, um, somebody with that mindset or belief system? Yeah. And you know what? The, the goal of what we're trying to do is not to push an agency one place or other. And we're certainly not trying to do a one size fits all to agencies. So I, my response, I've actually had that happen multiple times. It's, it's typically around some risk factors in the valuation, or it's really a conversation of I'm aware that this is a risk or I'm aware that this is a variation from what is out there. And we have a conversation about why that is. And if it's warranted to make a change and, and maybe that risk is a calculated risk, for instance, maybe you have, you know, 40% of your book with one carrier. That's, that works for your agency because you're maximizing that relationship and you're confident that that does not create risk for you. It does create risk in the valuation of your agency, but, you know, just spreading it out in order to reduce that risk for that agency doesn't make sense. That's perfectly fine, but at least you're now informed that that's a, a factor in your agency that you should be aware of. I think the whole idea is awareness and then create the plan that fits for you. You know, it's not a one size fits all, but with not having any benchmark, I don't think you even have an awareness or even a starting point, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that does make a lot of sense. How I mean, do you I deal with yet to meet one agent that looks like the other, just so you know. Like that's the beauty of independent agents, that they all do the same thing and have the same core factors in their business, but they all approach it differently. And that's a beautiful thing. We're just trying to give them the insights in order to enhance what they um, want their future to be. Right. So essentially you could have two businesses that have the same number of employees bring about the same amount of revenue, um, you know, maybe are in somewhat the same location, but uh, maybe one, one goes after uh, construction, the construction industry, and um, one goes after the dentist industry. And so their branding, their messaging, their ex the experience that they're going to give their customers might look different, right? To attract the, the different fields that they're going into. And that's maybe where that uniqueness and creativity comes in. But or the number of people agency, that... Yeah, I mean, that same agency can be heavy personal lines and heavy commercial lines. They look and feel completely different. The volume of work mm -hmm. is completely different in that agency. They represent yeah. carriers that operate differently. I mean, there's so many factors, but at least they have an idea of where they stand by having these benchmarks, right? And, yeah. and yeah. Can, can learn from each other in the aggregate, which I think, you know, because our marketplace is so fragmented with all these choices, there's really no other place to go to get something that's super deep in your marketplace. There's national, um, you know, information out there. But again, is that relevant enough to take action in the average agency that we serve? Right, right, absolutely. What about the fact that uh, data today, just the word data seems to just emote like this irrational fear in people, especially when you talk to professionals, you know, not so much, I mean, someone in your personal life too, although I think we're becoming somewhat numb to that. Um, but professionally, you know, it's cyber risk. It's 
well, if I give you my data as a business, you know what's going to happen to it. Um, and I think some that's been somewhat, you know, stimulated through big it's big issues that have risen to the surface in our society, like what happened with Facebook and the, you know, the complexity of of that situation that ended up really not so great for Facebook. And Mark Zuckerberg ended up in front of a bunch of politicians having to answer a lot of questions. And so, like, do you think that we're going to get past this, this irrational, and it, I shouldn't say it's irrational, because it is based in some um, real experiences, some real situations we've all um, seen and lived through. But do you think that's going to change over time? I mean, have you felt that when talking to people? Um, you know, where, where do you, how do you navigate that as a business that, whose value proposition is really, hey, we're going to come in and help you um, through your data, but you're going to have yeah. to give us access to it first. Like, how do you navigate that? So, you know, I have a couple of different thoughts on that, but, you know, I think as businesses, as successful organizations, I think we just have to recognize that we are in a different time. And, you know, I think in some ways we have a generation behind us coming that just sharing data and agreeing to terms and conditions is um, it's an, it's not even a thought process. They just do it for us mm -hmm. that are in the business world. We understand the ramifications of doing that and we're way more cautious. I think that as, as society continues to be data-driven everywhere, I mean, think about it. I can stand in my kitchen and ask any question and have the answer instantaneously. We, we live in that world. It's not going to change. We also live in a world that we want some human interaction as well. We want the advice that goes with it and the story behind whatever it is. So I think we're going to get really smart about choosing where we share our data, how we share our data, why we're sharing our data, and who we share our data with. Right now, it's almost like the wild, wild west, and some people like absentmindedly share their data. And I think the pendulum will swing back and become incredibly purposeful as all these things hit the news. And so for, you know, for an organization like Intel Agents, the fact that we are so aligned with the mission of helping who we, who we want the data about that our mission is all about helping them grow their business. We're not looking to solicit things or sell the data. We're looking to help them in every way we possibly can. Hmm. Yeah, and to so your point, I, I think – go ahead. Go ahead. I, you know, I just think that that will drive how people share their data going forward more and more. And this cyber risk of how you share it is incredibly important. So – you know, again, you're going to make sure that the partners that you pick and the people that you trust are are positioned well to do the right things with your data. Yeah, and that was ultimately, you know, the the issue with Facebook was that they were sort of a go between. You know, Facebook wasn't using people's data improperly; they were giving data to somebody else who was using it improperly, and that's sort of where they got sort of caught, right? Um, right. And right. because they had a responsibility um, to to properly maintain that data, and they're they're sort of torn, right? Because on the one hand, uh, you know, obviously they're providing this 
free uh, community experience where they're not really selling anything. I mean, you go to Facebook and Facebook isn't really, I've never bought anything from Facebook, but I've bought things on Facebook because they've basically said, well, if we're going to remain in a free platform, which is what we want to do, we have to somehow monetize. Um, and so, you know, again, I think to your point, people, I think people will look at who is keeping their data and their, that the why of that business, you know, like what exactly is the philosophy of this business and, um, you know, where are they headed in the next five, 10, 15 years? What, how are they thinking about my data and, um, and who are they partnering with and, um, and look really to the leaders, right? I think that's why the CEO of Salesforce, he's, I mean, everybody knows who he is, right? Cause he's sort of created this, um, he's very outspoken and, and um, talks a lot about the philosophy and the why of Salesforce. Same thing with Facebook, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's very outspoken. Same thing with you, with Intel agents. Um, so I think it's gonna also be a, a, almost a responsibility too to the leaders to, to make clear, uh, you know, what's gonna happen. So um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's gonna be an interesting, uh, it's gonna be an interesting like five to 10 years, I think in that world. Um, it truly is, as, but the, the why, the why someone wants your data is what should drive whether or not you say yes or no. And what is their, what is their motive? What are they going to do yeah. with it? And how, what's the impact? And that, that to me is the key, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I guess I look at some of the even like the companies that are coming out with, um, I listened to this podcast the other day, a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but I, it, it's coming back around. Um, and it was on the, the trends in augmented reality and virtual reality. Um, and the amount of, I mean, the amount of information that we give out now, we think is a lot, but those trends are going to require so much more information. Like take video, for example, right? Um, you know, right now there's this wave of, oh, wow, we can sort of be online, but still feel somewhat more human. Like I like to say that video is sort of the next best thing to a coffee shop chat. Um, where you can't necessarily like reach out and touch that person, but you can start to read their body language and you know, see their, see how they're reacting to things, see their facial expressions. And that gives you so much more color to that person's experience than just them texting you or hearing their voice. And then you look at things like augmented reality and virtual reality, and, um, you know, you're going to just start to see even more information um, being required to actually uh, live in and experience those, those, I want to call them like worlds almost. Right. Um, and so it, it really is going to be interesting to see how, um, I mean, we are going to agencies, for example, can't necessarily not participate in those things, right? You, at some point you're going to have to, you know, take virtual reality, right? What if you had an agency in a virtual reality world that was basically the row insurance, a recreation of the row insurance agency with a per, with a reception there. And anybody could come and visit that agency 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. And, uh, you know, didn't even have to physically come to your building. Right. I mean, that's just, 
that's an incredible recreation of the human experience in a totally different world. It's like taking your business and going, I'm going to go move to California. Right. And so like at some point we're all going to have to sort of adapt to these things. And it's going to be interesting to see how, um, how we emotionally respond to, you know, that the fact that we are going to have to start being more comfortable with, with this idea that it's okay to give certain data to certain people at certain times. Um, but we're not you know, there I yet. Have, I know I've had, uh, I have a, I have an incredibly good friend who is one of the best agents I know. And I learned so much from him all the time. And he said something super insightful and yeah. I believe it to be true that the agents of the future are going to be the ones that figure out how to marry the relationship technology to enhance the relationship and use data to drive their business decisions. That with those three things happening, um, independent agents are about a relationship. It's about a connection of trust that you believe this person is going to, or these, you know, whatever their solution is, is going to cause you to be protected. No question, but they're going to have to evolve in, leverage data and have the data insights to grow their businesses to continue as our society changes. I mean, what you described is happening in so many different industries. So consumers are going to get more and more comfortable with the fact that technology is part of our world and we are independent agents and the financial marketplace is not um, isolated. We will be part of it. And those that evolve with it will be able to enhance that relationship. It might look and feel different, than the relationships we're used to. You know, I think of, you know, five years ago I didn't text or 10 years ago I didn't text and now I get more video texts than I get regular texts from the people who are close to me. You know, what's the next? I I don't know what the next thing is, but you evolve. And the people who send me a video text, you're 100%, I know exactly what that means. There's no misinterpretation of that message at all. Whereas you send me a text, I might have no idea what you actually mean by the words you type. So (laughs) our relationships will evolve, you know, and and it will be important to stay relevant for all generations and all of our consumers to evolve with it. So I think it's super important that we understand we're not saying the relationship goes away. We say the relationship evolves with these things. And we want to be part of helping our agents understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, too, to your point, the more data that you have, like just to take your your uh, video example, right? Um, if you're watching the data in your in your agency, meaning just and, and data is such a terrible word to use. Like, I feel like we need yeah. to come up with a better word. Like, I love the word insights. That's such a it's it's less. Um, it's more positive, I think, and a little bit more informative about what we're actually talking about. But, you know, if you're watching the insights, Uh, in your agency, you might see that, hey, if you have five producers and three of them are using video in their text and two of them are using uh, written communication and texting and the three that are using video are closing faster, guess what the data is telling you? And guess which direction all five producers should be moving, you know, until one of them decides to do the next thing, which might be virtual reality, right? Oh, now they're closing faster. Okay, so it almost lets you see because then you're also not just watching, uh, you know, what other people are doing. You're listening to what your 
your customers want and how they're interacting with your business as well. Um, so, and maybe you're seeing that from another agency, right? I mean, that's, anyways, it's just, it could go so many exactly. levels deep. Um, I mean, and so, if you think about it, it's not just that. I mean, if you're able to capture behavioral um, information about your consumers in order to predict what their needs are and be proactive about what they need, you know, and and carriers are using real information in the aggregate in order to, you know, underwrite the risk for that. Think of how revolutionary that is to, I mean, real stuff, not the real consumers that are using what their behaviors are. What does that translate to in their needs and be proactive? Man, we're in a better place here. Like, so that's yeah. the end goal. You know, right now we're talking about benchmarking. It'll move to dashboarding, which then will become predictive and behavioral in nature. It's um, it's it's an evolution, and you know, I yes. I view Intel agents at the at the walk stage, but we are we see that uh, we can help our agents become data driven and have the insights they need to make really really smart business decisions and start leveraging it in the aggregate, and and we view us as a place that makes a lot of sense. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's it's a way of the future. There's no two ways around it. Well, and I got to tell you, I think when I look at what you guys are doing at Intel Agents, that is the most exciting thing to me because what you guys have recognized is what they're calling that fourth industrial revolution, which is predictive analytics. It's artificial intelligence. It's how we're computerizing humans and humanizing computers. And you guys are essentially laying the foundation to participate that and lead that in the in the IA space in a really impactful way. Um, so I think for first of all, Ohio agents are super lucky. So any of, of them who are and those in this those uh, agents who are in the six states that are partnering with you guys, super super lucky. Um, you know, pay attention to what uh, what your association is doing in that vein because that's that is going to be i think if we look out to the next you know even three five seven ten years um you know you guys are going to start people are going to look to you to say hey where do we go next like how do we how do we as agents how do we as carriers how do we as uh you know management systems um really start to use data in an impactful way so I'm excited, man. <laughs> yeah, I am too. I super am. And I, you know, I, I listed our investor states, but I'd be remiss in telling and not mentioning that we have five subscriber states that will all are also joining us and probably about 16 other states that are interested in this. So by the time we add the subscriber states by the end of the year, it will represent over 20,000 agencies across the country. I mean, it's, um, it's massive. And we are, you know, our goal is to be, the experts and independent agents and, and be able to be the place that they can go to in order to find these insights and, and really have relevant, actionable insights that drive their business every day and help them. Um, we want to be their data analytics team. So, you know, not every agency can afford to have a data analytics team. They do if they're part of this organization. So, you know, I think it's exciting because I want small business to win. I want our independent agents to win. They are the right choice for our consumers. And we're going to make sure that they're armed with everything they need in order to be successful.
human after all. Take off the mask. 